0: Welcome to the Ghosts and Folklore Podcast. I'm Mark Rees and on each episode I investigate a different, weird and wonderful subject. And on this episode we are going to explore some first-hand accounts of death omens in Wales. One of my favourite subjects on this podcast, some first-hand accounts of death omens in Wales, those eerie phantoms that appear to foreshadow a death in the community. And they can appear in many forms and guises, with some of the death omens on this episode appearing in the form of spirits, others appearing in the form of sounds, some of them appearing after the shades of night have fallen, and Others appear in broad daylight. And in one particularly creepy account, the witness doesn't see a vision of somebody else's death in the future. Rather, they see a vision of their very own funeral. This episode has got everything. But regardless of how they appear to us, and whether it be in the middle of the day or in the dead of night, the result is always the same An encounter with one of these death omens, these harbingers of death, means that some poor soul in the local community will not be on this earth much longer, and a funeral may be expected. Also, at the end of this episode, I will be giving you a quick update on some of the projects that I'm working on, so if you normally switch off in the last minute or two when I do the thank yous, for this episode you might want to keep listening. And so... To begin, at the beginning. And this episode starts with some spine-chilling accounts of phantom funerals, or toily as they are known in Welsh, which I've spoken about at length on a few other episodes, most recently on episode 106. But very quickly, for those who missed that episode, or if you've forgotten that episode, a phantom funeral is, as the name suggests, a funeral funeral. Consisting of spirits that is seen ahead of a real funeral. And the events that take place in the phantom funeral are then expected to take place in the real funeral afterwards. And so, on to our first account, and this is called the Nyah Lloyd Toily. The Nyad Lloyd Toily, the Toily of Nyad Lloyd. And if you're listening very carefully, you might have noticed the word Lloyd there is indeed the same Lloyd used in the name of the Mary Lloyd, which means grey. But Back to this Nyad Lloyd, and it concerns a John Jones of Coedabrynin near Nyad Lloyd, which I am assuming to be the chapel in Ceredigion near Abba Iron. And John Jones of Coedabrynin was heading home from Derwen Gam, which again I am assuming to be in Ceredigion near Abba Iron. And as he walked along, he found himself suddenly in a phantom Funeral. And I think in is quite an interesting word here. He didn't see a phantom funeral in the distance. He was in the phantom funeral. He was part of the phantom funeral and was so pressed by the crowds of spirits. What a description. He was so pressed by this crowd of spirits that he nearly fainted. So many spirits engulfed him, he nearly passed out. And who can blame him? It's a, it's a terrible image to try and conjure up. There you are, just Walking home innocently one night and all of a sudden you find yourself in in what is described as some kind of mosh pit of ghosts that have just surrounded you. And whichever way you turn, you can't escape. These ghosts are everywhere. You are surrounded. But luckily for John Jones of Coitabraining escape he did eventually and he did this by turning into a field so as the procession was walking along he managed to turn into a field where he noticed the phantom funeral proceeded towards naiad lloyd they were all heading towards the chapel which inconveniently happened to be the same direction that he was heading and opting to hold back a little and to let them carry on on their way. He also noticed there was a light to be seen. There was a light coming through the windows of the chapel, all very creepy, all very eerie. And as he watched on, they made their way to the chapel where the lights were on when they should not have been on in the dead of night. And sure enough, A few weeks afterwards, a funeral did indeed take place. A real funeral took place just as John Jones said it would. And this is a good tale to start with because it is very characteristic of a phantom funeral encounter. You see these events in spectral form ahead of time. And these are reports that took place in relatively recent times we're not talking about centuries and centuries and centuries ago maybe centuries but not centuries and centuries and centuries ago this tale was published in the early 20th century and it took place in living memory so we're talking maybe even in the 20th century if not the late 19th century so we're not talking a million years ago but it wasn't only people or humans who saw phantom funerals and in another account a horse yes a horse witnesses a toily witnesses a phantom funeral in the following tale from another mr jones although this one isn't the same mr jones this one is from bristol house in talabont the village which is once again in modern-day caradigion and to quote from mr jones a farmer's wife who lived in the northern part of Cardiganshire, as the counties were then, had gone to Machynlleth Market one day riding a pony. On her journey home that evening, she met a toily, on her journey home. So this tale gets straight to the point. No messing around, no preamble. There she is heading back from the market on her pony right in front of her. She sees the spirit funeral, or rather her horse, her pony, is the first to see the spirit funeral. And the animal refused to go onwards, but turned back. Sounds like a wise pony to me. It turned back and stood trembling under the shelter of a big tree until the toily had passed now the woman it should be said was also quite terrified as you'd expect by the events and was probably quite happy the pony legged it back under the safety of the tree and as soon as she reached home she rushed into the house and asked her husband to go out and put the pony in the stable and stated that she felt unwell that night and that was that for the evening's entertainment well it wasn't entertainment the evening's excitement let's say that was that for the night's paranormal excitement they were back home she asked the husband to put the horse away she couldn't face it herself she went to bed and that was the end for now because soon after this one of the family died and this was taken as evidence that what she had experienced, or rather, what that pony had experienced that night, was indeed a death omen this tale which had come straight straight from the horse's mouth as it were although not literally i should say that because we do get some strange things on this podcast and we do have some spooky horses coming up soon but in this case the horse wasn't speaking merely reacting to this prophecy of death anyway that's enough horsing around I'm sorry. And moving on very quickly. And while the first two tales, it has to be said, have been quite vague, people claim to have seen these phantom funerals. They seem to have been caught up in them. But nevertheless, they don't know exactly who, what, why, when is going to die. Well, in the next tale, we are told to quote, some persons have such clear vision of a phantom funeral. They are able even to recognize and give the names of the person that appear in the spectral procession. This is much more useful rather than just saying somebody in this village is going to die at some point, which I think, without trying to diminish their experience, is a prediction most of us could probably make, never mind the phantom funeral. But in our next account, an Owen Sean Morris of Llanarth in you guessed it, Caradigion saw a toily pass in his own house at one o'clock in the morning. So, Owen was up and about late one night, or very, very early one morning. And he was disturbed by this procession that went past his home. And when he looked closer, he discovered that he could see, among those spirits, one of his friends. A man called Evan Pew, Evan Pew the tailor. And... Walking alongside him was a woman wearing a red petticoat. Now, when this toily had gone as far as a certain green spot on the road, which he was using as a, as a marker, the tailor, Mr. Pew, and the woman in the red petticoat left the procession and returned to their homes so to recap quickly not only does he recognize his friend and picks out someone in some quite specific clothing but they also veer off away from the procession because usually you would assume they would keep walking until they got to the church or the chapel or to wherever the funeral was taking place these two people have veered off And 12 months after this took place, a funeral procession did indeed walk past Owen's house. And Owen watched the procession. And can you believe it? He saw his good friend, the tailor, Mr. Pooh. And can you believe it even more? He also saw the woman in the red petticoat, both of whom returned home after accompanying the crowd as far as the green spot. So that account is much more specific, although sadly, it's only revealing the names or the identities of people in the crowd, not the most important person, I would argue, the person in the coffin, although I guess the coffin would need to be open for them to see that. But on the one hand, it's great because it does give some information that you can verify. He can say so and so, this person, this name and this person wearing these clothes will be there. On the other hand, however, it did take one heck of a long time to happen in reality. He had to wait an entire year for this procession to walk by once more. And when we compare this to the other cases, usually these phantom funerals, these death omens, predict an event that is much more imminent. So, with some of the corpse candles, for example, that I've spoken about on previous episodes, and I'll be speaking about again soon, with the corpse candles, it can be the next day. It could be in the next half hour, even. They're very, very fast-working. This one was not. In this case, Owen had to wait a full 12 months for his prophecy to come true, and I like the idea that maybe Owen rushed out to the pub the next day to tell all his friends, you'll never guess what I saw, and then maybe a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months later, when nothing has happened they're all like yeah yeah crazy old owen with his crazy old tales but eventually eventually 12 months later bang he was proven correct now moving on to our next account and this one comes to us from an unnamed old man they're always old men in these tales but unnamed old man from north pembrokeshire who claims that somebody he knew a david thomas who lived in hentland not only saw a phantom funeral He also became a part of the procession, as with that poor soul in the earlier tale. But in this case, he played a much more physical part in proceedings, shall we say, as will be revealed. Now, it was about seven o'clock, one cold, chilly, wintry evening, when Thomas went to the village shop to get some medicine for a sick animal. And when he was returning home, it was a fine moonlight night. Which, you might be thinking, sounds like the perfect setting to a ghost story. And you would be right. And all of a sudden, he found himself in utter darkness. That light from the moon had been extinguished. And then, even more worrying, he discovered he was not alone. He found himself among among spirits of some kind, among some kind of procession. And then, most worryingly of all, even more worrying than the moon disappearing and spirits appearing, he was quite literally swept off his feet. He was being lifted up and carried by these spirits or whatever they might be. And the one positive thing to come out of this entire experience is that they were at least carrying him in the right direction. They were carrying him towards his house, but sadly, they did not take him home. Instead, these invisible hands took him to the churchyard gate. And it was there that he came to his senses. He came around and found himself holding on to the iron bars of the churchyard gate. And he recalls that in his adventure, as it's called, in this adventure with this apparition, he passed the blacksmith's shop, a popular place for ghost stories in Welsh folklore or rather for the devil to pop up and make an appearance. But he passed by the blacksmith's shop and there were indeed people in there, people in the blacksmith's shop at that hour of the night. And for whatever reason, they did not Intervene. They saw this procession, presumably carrying this man along. A man who I'm assuming didn't look too happy about being carried along, but nevertheless, they did nothing to intervene, possibly out of fear possibly because they were in on the act but we can at least call these people witnesses i assume now the big difference with this account of course and our other accounts is that the man the victim as it were in this case is not simply being shown a vision of what is going to happen they are active participants they are being pulled into this against their own will but they are being forced to take part in the phantom funeral they are becoming part of the death omen which in this case means being physically picked up and taken to the scene of the not not so much of the crime but to the scene of where the future event will take place because i am assuming behind those gates that he has been taken to a funeral will take place, I am assuming there is a graveyard behind there, and somebody will be lowered into the ground. And in a similar account from a, a farm servant called David Evans, who lived in the parish of Flandussel in Cardiganshire, as it was, but in modern day, you guessed it, Caradigion. David Evans had visited his brother, who was ill one night, But whilst going home at two o'clock in the morning, it already sounds ominous, while going home at two o'clock in the morning, a toily, we are told, carried him all the way to Llandusil churchyard. So this is another example, an almost identical tale where these toily appear, these phantom funerals appear, and they carry away their victim to a a churchyard in both of these cases and if that wasn't enough our narrator has a third example and we are told that there was also talk of an old woman at Kilkennan near ab iron who was carried away to the churchyard by force by the toily and if you still aren't convinced by these three examples of the same thing happening to three Different people, all within a relatively small area, all in and around Keradikion. At roughly the same time, we are told that such cases can be found all across the country, all across Wales, maybe all across Britain, maybe all across the world. Who knows? If you live anywhere that isn't Wales, which I know is the vast majority of my listeners, but wherever you are in the world, if you know of similar tales, as always, please let me know. All of which brings us to our final, and I would say, creepiest tale of all. Because while all the other accounts have involved people seeing phantom funerals with varying amounts of details and particulars gleaned our next tale is extra creepy because it concerns an old woman who seemingly experiences her own funeral which must be the most terrifying one of all now this concerns a miss martha davis who was a housemaid in fishguard pembrokeshire And she claimed that her family possessed the peculiar gift of second sight. So what we might now just call some kind of psychic abilities. And that her mother had seen the phantom of her own funeral before she died. And according to the tale, when she was out walking one night, when Miss Martha Davis's mother was out walking one night, the old woman was terrified by seeing a funeral procession meeting her on the road, and which passed on towards Chirsalam, a nonconformist chapel close by. Now the Reverend Jenkin Evans, Vicar of Pontvine, was walking behind the procession, and she even took notice of his dress and what kind of hat he had on his head. So quite a specific encounter. She saw them heading towards the chapel. She saw the vicar that she knew by name at the back. And the very next day, she was taken ill. She was taken severely ill the day afterwards. And in very short time, we are told, she died. And everyone in the neighbourhood believed that she had seen an apparition of her own funeral. The deceased's funeral was at that very nonconformist chapel, and she was buried nearby. And as her daughter Martha was at the time a maidservant at Point Vine Vicarage, the vicar accompanied the girl to her mother's funeral in his carriage. When he arrived in the neighbourhood where the funeral was to take place, he left his horse and trap at a public house and proceeded to the house of mourning on foot as the distance the funeral procession had to go from Melin Kilgum to Karsalem Burial Place was very short. So it was a short distance to walk between the pub and the burial place, which I'm sure was very handy for the wake afterwards. But beforehand, the vicar had parked up and was on his way on foot to where the body would be placed into the ground. And strange to say, when the funeral did proceed... It so happened that the vicar of Pontvine walked behind the procession and his clothes and even his very hat were in exact accordance with the description which had been given by the dead woman of the vision. So, in this case, if we assume the facts are correct, as they were told from the old woman who had this vision, to her daughter who recalled them afterwards. If we assume those details are correct, she experienced a phantom funeral of her own funeral. But unlike all the other people who encountered the phantom funerals, this wasn't some random encounter. This wasn't just a fluke. She received this vision thanks to her family's seeming supernatural abilities. Thanks to their second sight that was passed on through the generations from mother to daughter to daughter to daughter. And there's no reason why this should have stopped. In theory, there could be family families out there in Fishgard, in Pembrokeshire, in Keradikion, I would assume, judging by the amount of phantom funerals seen there, and maybe even further afield if they've stretched their wings, who still have these powers today. Although whether or not seeing your own funeral in advance is a blessing or a curse is a question, maybe only this family can answer. And on that note, we've reached the end of another episode of the Ghosts and Folklore podcast. But as promised, before I leave you on this episode with the usual thank you stuff at the end, I do have a few updates I'd like to share with you. And these concern things I've mentioned on, I mentioned them on episode 100, I believe. I mentioned them around Christmas time when I was looking to the future, which to quote Naughty Holder has only just begun. And they concern video live events, and books. And if we do them in that order, starting with video, I did promise there'd be some video, I'm not a big fan of the word content, so let's say stuff, video stuff, coming in 2023 and that is still very much the case the ghosts of wales team has been assembled as it were i i don't know if i'll keep that name i quite like it it makes a sound like the justice league or something but the ghosts of wales team has been assembled we do have a plan in place and fingers crossed there will be something out there certainly by Halloween hopefully much sooner but we are only a small team and it's a lot more work getting video out there than it is getting these podcasts out there but I hope it's worth the wait so please bear with me and yes there is video on the way. Now moving on to live events and I'm very pleased to confirm that yes Ghosts of Wales Live will be back in 2023 this is an annual live event that I launched back in 2016 17, I believe, and it stopped briefly during the whole lockdown years, but is back again this year. And for the first time ever, and I'm slightly reluctant to use this word, but this year, I think rather than being an event, I think it will be a Ghosts of Wales Live tour. Because as things stand, we certainly have two dates in two different counties and there are two other counties i'm just waiting on the final yeses for so it looks like as things stand this tour should be at least four dates i am looking to add to that and if anyone listening to this does have any suitable venues or, or even if you just have a bookshop you'd like me to turn up to please get in touch but i should point out that all of these dates are in Wales, which is slightly ironic because, as I've mentioned before, the vast majority of my listeners to this podcast are outside of Wales, but... Purely based on logistics, I am sitting here in Wales talking to you right now. That is the easiest for me to organise. But I, I certainly think we might be crossing the border into England this year with Ghosts of Wales Live. And who knows? Maybe some kind soul out there listening will invite me to Venice or to Prague or to Zurich, to New York, to Salem. Salem would be lovely. If anyone wants to invite me to Salem, I will be there on my broom. So that's much more definite news with Ghosts of Wales Live. And when I can confirm the dates and when I have confirmed the lineups, I will bring you another update at the end of a future podcast. And with these live events, as with the videos, my approach to these kind of things has always been very much the the punk rock DIY ethic. Just get out there and do it. Obviously, as you can tell from this podcast, it's so... DIY, it's practically held together by sticky tape in a in a digital sense. But no, if anyone out there has any ideas, please, please, please get in touch. It's always, always great to hear from you and maybe even see you at one of these events which are coming up. Now, on to my final point, and that's the books, and this is the most definite update of all, because I can confirm that I have three new books on the way over the next two years, one of which is finished and is coming out this year. The other two are scheduled to come out next year and two of these three books i think will be of interest to listeners of this podcast because they do concern ghosts of wales the third book might also be of interest but it's not about the ghosts of wales for the third book i am going back to my roots going back to my writing about the arts and about cultural stuff and about what about about things i'm qualified in i guess you could say but the other two the first two are going to be ghost books the first one is out this autumn autumn 2023 my next ghosts of wales book will be in the shops and i hope to be able to confirm the title of that very soon and then the one after that, the next Ghosts of Wales book should be out at roughly the same time in 2024. So that means for Halloween, for this year and for next year, and who knows how many years into the future, there will be a new spine tingling book from me, Haunting Your Local Bookshops, or if not, Haunting Your Local online book retailers whose names I don't need to mention. As always, support your local bookshops whenever possible. And while I'm doing these updates, it has been pointed out to me that the email address on my website, the one that's just there just for for general inquiries or for, for press and media stuff, whenever I reply to that, those messages have been going in some people's spam folders and disappearing. And so just to make clear, I do reply to every single email that I get sent sometimes it might take a week for me to get back to you because it can it can get a bit overwhelming but every email or every every sensible email that i get sent i reply to and if for some reason you have emailed me and you haven't had a reply and you're sitting there cursing me thinking this 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 damn welsh podcast bloke can't be bothered to reply i promise you i do reply to all the messages i see but they might be hidden in your spam folder All of which brings me to the usual stuff that I put at the end of each episode. And as always, if you have enjoyed this episode, And you haven't already, please consider hitting the subscribe button. It's totally free and you'll never miss an episode ever. And of course, if you have enjoyed this, you can also check out episode 106, which was the last episode to deal with similar subjects with phantom funerals and death omens. And if you really, really enjoyed it, you can treat me to a coffee and help support the podcast via my website, which is always very much appreciated. If you would like even more ghosts and folklore, if 113 episodes isn't enough to keep you going. If you'd like even more, you can follow me on social media. I'm on all the main platforms. And as well as this podcast, I have, as I was just talking about, written a number of books on similar, weird and wonderful subjects. There are there's ghosts of whales, there's paranormal whales, there's curious whales, and they're available from all good bookshops offline and on. And on that note. It just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening. Dioch and Varian Amrando, I've been Mark Rees. This has been my Ghosts and Folklore podcast beaming to you from Wales to the world. And remember, if you do find yourself walking home alone through the trees late at night and the moon goes dark, And you feel spirits all around. Maybe their hands lift you off the ground. And you receive a premonition. You see a vision of a funeral. Your own funeral that is you in the coffin. Maybe, just maybe, your great-grandmother came from Fishguard. And if not Fishguard, probably from Caradigion. Until next time. Nostar.